Good day. Uh, my name is Frank Bassa. I am the president CEO of Granada Gold Mines. Our property is located in Quebec in Canada. It's traced under the symbol of GGM on the TSX Venture Exchange. Frank, hello. How are you? We spoke a few weeks ago um, with regards to Canada Cobalt Silverworks, uh, obviously. Um, so we thought we better get an update with you as to what's going on here. Um, so what is going on here? Well, there's a lot of activity actually on our property. Um, some of the stuff basically in the last three news releases is what I'd like to cover and what we're trying to accomplish uh, with our program going forward. Uh, so our, our main thing is uh, we've decided that uh, to develop the property as a higher grade open pit, smaller open pit, and then go underground and treat this as an underground mine. Originally, we had this deposit at uh, 1.2 million ounces open pitable. And uh, we felt that uh, after some of our drilling results we've gotten uh, last year that we should probably deal and treat this as a smaller, higher grade open pit. So we took the grade up to two grams and then we put the rest underground. So we basically came out with about 750,000 ounces as between the open pit and underground. So the open pit was at two grams now and the underground's at four grams. So we're carrying out with a program, a drill program. Uh, there's about a, a 120,000 meter drill program. We have about 30,000 meters done to date. And uh, we also, in the process of doing our drill program, we came across some rare earths and alkaline metals. Now the grades are quite low and, uh, and uh, we have something though that's unique combined with the rare earths is this alkaline metal called rubidium, which seems to have a fairly significant amount in the uh, mineralization that we've intercepted. Uh, we've only done two holes uh, and actually was part of our drill program trying to hit our gold zone. So this rare earth seems to be sitting on top of our gold zone. So we only checked on two holes and uh, this is between two holes about 1.6 kilometers. In one of the holes, uh, which was uh, about 1.7 kilometers deep, uh, we hit uh, mineralized uh, rare earths anywhere from 177 meters to two meters. And of course, we have about, I think, 19 um, combination of rare earths and alkaline metals. But primarily, we're focused on, on, um, on rubidium. Uh, also, we uh, are doing some other test work. We're trying to evaluate if we can make any value out of our waste. Uh, originally, we did some test work on our waste with our people at Gecko. And uh, so what we did was we took a bit of a bulk sample uh, on an area we just uh, drilled. Uh, so we, we uh, took a sample of about 500 tons, and then there's about 900 tons of waste. And we decided to uh, send about 100 kilos of waste to Gecko. Uh, and we've worked with them in the past, about three years ago. We spent a fair amount of time with them, also in Australia. So we sent them material that's about 0 0.33 uh, grams per ton, basically waste. And they're able to take this low-grade material and return it to us at about 1.2, 1.3 grams a ton but about a 40, 47%, 50% recovery. So it's possible to recover gold from the waste. It's economical, but we're going to carry on with that program. So, you, I mean, what's what's your focus? Because you've obviously got the, you've got the two companies going on, right? Um, what, what's your yeah. focus going to be? Can you, can you run both companies concurrently? Well, we've changed uh, the management at the other company. So we've added a, a president. And, uh, you know, we've also are looking for people to strengthen our board uh, on both companies. 
Uh, we're trying to make a transition uh, from exploration to the next level. Um, we were uh, looking at uh, originally uh, somebody acquiring our assets. We did get a few offers. Actually, we got three offers. Uh, we felt that um, uh, it was severely undervalued, so we declined them. Uh, you know, this company, when we originally took it over, it was a distressed shell. It was actually halted. And within 18 months, we took it to about 120 million market cap on the drill program alone. Uh, so right now we're trading uh, below 20 million market cap. We have a, a nice resource. So we feel that in the next cycle, which is uh, coming around, we hope there'll be a strong uh, bull market in uh, for golds and silver. And hopefully we get a, a better value uh, for our investors or somebody give us a reasonable offer. So we're, like I said, we're looking at uh, going to the next stage. Uh, that will require some changes to our management and our board. And the intent is uh, if it's viable, we will pursue that. So uh, we do have all our permits in place. Uh, we got them in the last cycle when the cycle was down. So we are right now uh, able to ship uh, to any mill in the area. As you know, there's quite a few mills in the area and there's about four of them that are shut down due to lack of rock. Uh, so we changed the resource. Like I said, originally we had a resource of only one gram, so you can't ship one gram. So we changed the resource to two grams. And of course, once you go underground, you know, four grams. So that's a shippable uh, shippable grade. Uh, you know, originally we did a study, we did a PEA uh, a few years ago. And for us to build a mill was about $290 million to do, you know, pour about 100,000 ounces a year. But since there's so many mills around, uh, we thought, you know, somebody will probably have an interest and, uh, you know, uh, use us as, um, as a shipper for their mill. Right, so to, to, you, you've seen the highs, you're down on the lows, like I say, sub 20 million at the moment. I, I don't know what your cash position is like and, you know, and in what, with what cash you have, where do you spend that? Because there's a lot of moving parts. We've talked rare earths, we've got, you know, rubidium, we've got, you know, obviously gold. Or, I don't know what else is, is in there, but it's how do you focus the message for the market so they know what it is that you're trying to be? No, I think the, the, the best thing here to, to focus on is uh, we're just trying to redevelop the resource. Uh, hopefully, this uh, after we do this 120,000 meters of drilling, uh, you know, on the last cycle, we did about 90,000 meters of drilling in 18 months. So, uh, you know, we're hoping, uh, you know, there's a lot of challenges out there with COVID. We still managed to keep on going uh, with our program. Uh, so, uh, you know, we do small financings at these low prices, and hopefully when the market moves up higher, we'll do larger financings. Uh, so we've been fortunate that we're able to raise the money uh, to keep the program going. Uh, so primarily, we're just uh, right now, uh, we're just exploration. Uh, target is to try to hit uh, about two and a half million ounces between open pit and underground. And hopefully after, like I indicated, if we're uh, able to do that 120,000 meters in a reasonable time frame, we will have a revised resource in that uh, in that size, right? So you've got a lot of shareholders that's, that you know bought in on the on the previous story, and, and you know we like you say, they, 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 you reach those highs, and it's come it's obviously come way off, and you've got to get those yeah. guys are you know still in here. These shareholders, like you know, they're on, yeah. they're they're underwater. But this yeah. feels like a news story. Obviously, the ninety thousand meters of drilling showed up one type of company, one type of strategy. You're talking the language of higher grade you're also now we're now looking at underground and you're not building a mine and it's it seems it seems you're kind of encumbered by the legacy issues 
do you think the market's going to, you know, be forgiving and, and, and give you a chance to actually try to deliver this new strategy? It's hard to call it. You know, at that time when we did the program, um, uh, we raised a fair amount of money actually in Europe. And a lot of the people that uh, we tap for money, we actually spent 60 million in the last cycle, actually were investors in Osisco. And Osisco is our next door neighbor. Uh, they're not far away, and uh, we're also below what they call a Cadillac break. So everybody thinks if it's below the Cadillac break, it's the same geology. So we've kind of indicated for investors at that time in Europe, uh, the geology is different. You know, we um, we did come up with the original resource, an in-situ resource of 2.6 million uh, ounces at one gram, which we kind of told the investors, although you might have this resource, the economics are not right because of the nature of the ore body. Anyways, we went through the motions and I said, like, we did our PEA and, of course, to build a mill to do 100,000 ounces a year came into a little under $300 million. So at that time, the market wanted a, a large, low-grade open pit. Uh, the economics were not there. And so we decided to change the, uh, the, the, the approach to the, to the deposit. So the approach is, like, develop this as a, as a higher-grade open pit. Historically, it was mined underground at uh, nine grams, nine to ten grams a ton. Uh, there's a lot of native gold uh, in the, in the deposit. It's about fifty percent of the deposit is made of gold. And then also, I know in previous operators had this property uh, took up bulk samples from surface over a hundred thousand tons in the three and a half to five gram range. So what we did was we intentionally diluted the open pit grade to two grams. And also the underground grade, we intentionally diluted it down to four grams a ton. Uh, so we, we like to be a little conservative. Uh, I know the model has changed, but I think this model is more robust than the previous model trying to develop it as an open pit. Uh, the open pit, it's just the economics were not there because the nature of the ore body at the angle it was at had a very high waste ore ratio. I know they we went through all kinds of different uh, scenarios how the blasting panels are supposed to be done, but still, uh, you know, we're trying to achieve uh, a reasonable cost all in per ounce, but uh, the waste to ore ratio is just too high. You know, so we, we decide. So how, how, do, how do you take those lessons, how do you take the lessons of the past and apply them to now? How do you take the data of the past, apply them to now, give people a sense of why this is going to work this time and at what point they can, you know, or you and they can expect some economics around this to say, okay, we're not going to raise too much money. We're not going to overspend. It's going to be perfect this time. How do you do that? Well, it's hard to say, you know, if it's going to be perfect. You see, at that time, the market wanted something and everybody wanted the same thing, large, low grade, and they want another success story like Cisco. So we looked at it, it's exploration. You know, we, we, we did our drilling, we did our resource, we did our PEA, and you know, the model that, you know, the market wanted wasn't there. And, you know, it was a former high grade producer, you know, and, and uh, when we looked at it, we used the same drill data, the same 90,000 meters. We just took that numbers and restructured it, you know, restructure the, the, the model or repackage the model. And uh, right now, like I said, it, it looks pretty good. Our results have been coming back on some of the drilling doing a little better than expected. Uh, so we might be able to hit that two and a half a, a million ounces. Um, we seem to be able to achieve our targets in the past. Uh, timelines get missed because of, for example, right now, and I think everybody can say the same thing, COVID actually did play a little bit of a, a role 
in our, our delays. We got our permits quite late uh, and our drills quite late. You know, we couldn't get our drills till about mid-year last year. And as a result, uh, a lot of the things didn't happen in a timeline we expected it to happen. But we do hit our targets. Like we, we kind of indicated when we did our first resource in the open pit, we said we around two and a half million ounces, came back to 2.6. But, um, you know, like I said, the model, when you did the model and, and uh, you know, look at the, uh, the ability to produce uh, uh, an ounce of gold, the costs were not, it was not an economical, um, an economical model. So uh, hopefully, you know, we're going back to what originally was and the old timers had it right. Uh, you know, the ideal thing is small open pit, go underground. Uh, you know, they, they've kind of done a lot of work for us. I know there's a lot of workings underground. And, uh, you know, in the old days, it is hand stealing. I don't know if a lot of people know what that means, but everything was done by hand. They didn't have, uh, you know, the jack legs like they have today. And, you know, uh, we have some pictures of the undergrounds quite narrow, so they kind of worked on some very narrow widths. But uh, they were able to produce a consistently very high grade. And uh, it is, you know, it is what it is. Uh, the, the geology is a narrow vein, high grade. It seems to be going about five and a half kilometer on our on our property. We've only explored two kilometers of it. So there's still a lot of exploration potential. And we haven't done any very deep drillings, but we started, uh, we brought in a third drill uh, a few months back to do only about 10,000 meters of deep drilling. So we do one hole that we wedge off it. So how do you finance all of this? Because like I say, the headlines are great. Big, high grade, very high grade gold over big intervals. Nice. Um, there's not a lot of cash in the kitty right now. Are you no. going to need to, well, do you think you're going to get a good reception if you go and try and raise some money in the market to kind of, you know, look at what you can, what, what potential you've got there? Because like I say, you know, these sorts of grades are quite attractive. Yeah, it's kind of hard to call. See, in the past, I did used to raise, you know, I would raise five or six million dollars at low prices. And the market, they, you know, the people really came hard and hit it. And, and so I decided to change the model, and we've used this model in the past. So we only raised like a million at a time. And, um, you know, we're fairly lean operators. We don't have offices. We don't have uh, desks and chairs. And the company has always been designed like that from day one. So basically whatever money we raise goes on the ground. I, I mean, I don't even have a desk or a chair or a computer, and, and none of our people do and we're actually all contractors for the company. We're designed like that to be, uh, you know, if somebody wants to take us out, we basically give them the keys, we walk away. Uh, but uh, I remember some of our investors who invested in, in Osisco, and this was actually in Zurich, and where they're by the lake. And the guy said, you know, Frank, you'll have to do the same thing Osisco did. It says, what's that? Go into production. Because nobody will give you a fair market value for your asset. And if you remember Osisco, nobody actually believed in them. It was uh, a former mined out asset. It was, uh, there was an old town sitting on it and uh, it was actually, uh, I think uh, they bought it for $50,000, was out of a bankruptcy. And, uh, you know, Sean Rosen took it from an absolutely worthless property to I think about a $4 billion asset. And he was only being taken seriously by the mining community towards the end. They came in towards the end. Nobody came in earlier on. So it happens, you know, maybe we have the same potential here. Uh, former producer, high grade. Uh, it wasn't mined out as well or as much as your Cisco assets, uh, but we have a long strike length. You know, we have five and a half kilometers, and uh, hopefully, we find something significant. You know, it's it's uh, still early stage. Uh, we're being very cautious. We're very careful with our funds. 
and we're, we've always been very lean. We haven't actually, you know, we don't go out there and spend money on, on, um, on anything. You know, basically whatever we raise goes right in the ground. Why did, why did you, Granada Gold, put out an announcement about what Canada Silver Cobalt works is up to? But why the... Well, uh, Canada Silver Cobalt has the process. We don't have the process. I know they're kind of uh, in the same family, but the process does not belong to Granada. Uh, so Canada Silver Cobalt, CCW, uh, has been doing quite a bit of work with their process. Originally, uh, the process was used to produce uh, cobalt sulfate for the battery market, and we did produce product on spec for Somito out of Japan three years ago. Uh, so the reality is we just want to focus our Granada on gold. Uh, we don't want to get into the rare earth space in, in Granada. Uh, so the only thing we look at here when we look at everything, and it appears the rare earths are not that rare. It appears there are quite a bit of rare earths globally. I think the only thing we might have is a lot of it. Uh, you know, the, between the two holes that we analyzed is 1.6 kilometers. And one of the deep holes was 1.6, 1.7 kilometers. And we hit multiple zones, I think 27, 21 bone zones, I think. And the widest one was 177 meters. So when you look at it, it's low grade. Uh, you know, we might have to mine this thing anyways. We'll be treating it as waste. Uh, we're only interested in Granada into gold. So uh, if CCW wants to do the test for the only thing they're going to be focusing on is actually rubidium. It appears not everybody has rubidium. Uh, everybody else has the other rare earths. And I tell you, a lot of other assets, properties have better, higher grades than we do. We're not interested in competing with them. Let them have their, their, their market. But rubidium appears to be not that, um, how should I say, it is a little rarer than the rare earths. And they also give you a fair, a much better price than some of the uh, some of the rarers that, uh, that we're looking at. So that's why they're doing it. They're paying the bill. Uh, they're evaluating it. Uh, you know, we haven't made a decision how the waste is going to be traded. Uh, right now, the waste off the property, uh, we have a long-term contract with a local aggregate uh, supplier. And basically what he does, he pays us a very small amount for the rock. He has his own permits. He crushes the material on site and he uh, uses it, uh, you know, whatever is required. A lot of this aggregate is actually left uh, oversized. Uh, they're going to be using it to put on shorelines. In the future, um, you know, everybody's worried about global warming and the, the levels of the waters rising. Uh, so he's actually crushed this rock down to, I think, 12 inches and he's been shipping it off site to the point he's looking at shipping it all the way to Montreal, which is about 800 kilometers away. You mentioned a phrase that you said a phrase, uh, you know, handing the keys over, right? So is it a case if you're trying to get this to a point where you're going to hand the keys over, are you going to take it forward? What's the board discussing in terms of optionality? Because, you know, if, if you said uh, you're unsure about what the reception of the market's going to be, do you say, I tell you what, it's better for us to get, we'll farm it out and get free carry on 25, 30% of this thing and we'll let then we don't have the issue around legacy, let the legacy issues of the past, people's perception of our ability yeah. to get this over the line, right? And you can focus yeah. on cobalt silver works, right? So wh yeah. what, are, what are the discussions that are going on there in terms of optionality? See, the, the, the ideal thing here, Matthew, is if somebody comes and gives us paper for paper at a reasonable price, we're good with that because we designed this asset to be taken over and we did get the permits to be a shipper. 
And, uh, you know, the permits themselves, I think it's 26 permits uh, to build a mill in Quebec is apparently 350 permits. So, um, uh, but, you know, the reality is, uh, you know, even people in Ontario, which is a province next to Quebec, uh, there's a couple of mills there that are shut down. Uh, there's also mills running at 30% capacity. So our door is open, you know, give us a fair price. And I think the shareholders would be very happy with that. And the other thing is a structure for the shareholders. They know I'm very good at giving dividends. Uh, last time I gave out dividends, depending how you look at it, I call it a dynamic dividend. It was a share in war and a spin out. You know, uh, we picked up uh, the asset that CCW has for $25,000. And uh, over a four-year time frame, depending on the price of uh, CCW shares, they uh, we gave out between eight to $16 million in dividends over a four-year time frame. So the other dividend, the shareholders, uh, should uh, production occur, they're entitled to a 3% NSR. We actually call it title to the metal. So in other words, they can get metal, gold, if they can receive the gold, or currency of kind. So in the event we hit, do hit that two to three million ounces, you know, they're entitled to 3% of that over the life of the mine. So, you know, it, you know we were designed to be just uh, what I call uh, exploration people. We put together difficult uh, assets and we take over the stress shells. We have a bit of a track record of being quite successful. Uh, we you know we did it to this company, we did it to CCW. Uh, this company also managed to ruin it. That will happen under my watch. So, you know, it, uh, hopefully I do what I do best and I fix uh, uh, what we've done wrong with, with our company on Granada. But, but when do you have to make that decision about the, which route? You know, there's a fork in the road coming up. When yeah. do you have to make that decision? Well, uh, right now we're talking to two potential operators in the area. Um, uh, we leave it up to them. Uh, they're actually on our property. Uh, and, you know, we, we leave the door open. We're, we're flexible, whatever they need, whatever they want to do. But give, us a, give the shareholders a reasonable uh, value for the investment. You know, like I myself have a fair amount of money in the company. I usually buy all the private placements. Uh, for me to break even is 32 cents. I got uh, you know 2.8 million. You'll notice I also own a lot of the debt. You know when the companies were quite down, we didn't decide to dilute the company by buying these really cheap private placements. Uh, so you know I believe in the in the asset. Uh, you know I really like to get my money back. I'm known as a long-term holder, and so far you know we've always done quite well over the long time frame. We ride out the cycles, and uh, if we can, we do the best that we can for our shareholders. Or is it possible for you to spin out one or more assets into another vehicle that you own, give it a better chance of success? Well, everything's possible. Like we're looking at multiple things here. Uh, I, I know this sounds a little odd, but you know, the back of the envelope calculation for errors, even if I hit 3 million ounces, the errors are worth more than the 3 million ounces in gold, even at the worst pricing for the errors and, and the rubidium. So, like, we have a lot of numbers, but uh, normally on the rarest, we send it to more than one lab, the same sample, just to confirm that it makes sense. Uh, like, rubidium really shows up. Like, on one of our news releases, we put out some values, but we didn't want to include rubidium in the gold equivalent. So we only did uh, the lower value uh, rarest, and you got anywhere from two to four grams a ton gold, uh, gold equivalent, but you would have it over 177 meters. We don't have that now. You know, well, the best thing we might have is probably, let's say, on the average, eight meters, 10 meters. 
of, of four grams, you know. We have some crazy numbers, but that's a nugget effect. So when you when you look at the back of the envelope and, and uh, you know, some of my, especially my American investors, they got all excited about the rarest. I said, it's not that rare, you know. Anyways, I gave it a number figure, but uh, when you look at it and and uh, if it is what it is, the real value to the property is a rare earth. But rare earth is not, a, not an easy, easy, um, rare earth is, is a, a big boys game, I think, in reality. It can be. So if you if, if I'm a new investor looking in, why am I? Why should I even contemplate investing in you? Well, I think if if we uh, we carry on with our drill program, we get successful. Uh, you know, if we do hit our targets, of course, we become a little more desirable to be taken over. Uh, you know, uh, we feel we'll end up being a multi-million ounce deposit. Uh, you know, if we hit the two to three million ounces, I think it's 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 possible to hit that. Uh, it seems to be everybody else on a Cadillac break seems to be able to hit it. We did have 2.6 million originally in situ when we first did our resource. And then, of course, we took it down to 1.2. We got a pick constraint resource. Uh, but the economics were there, like I said. And, and now we're down to about 750. We cut it down a little more. Uh, what we're trying to do is develop a very robust resource. Whoever wants to come in, uh, you know, we don't see the value of building a mill on site for 300 million. If, uh, you know, for example, I am gold, uh, their mill is running at reduced capacity of 40 kilometers away. You know, why, 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 uh, you know, and I am gold's been on our property. They spent nine months on our property. So, you know, they're, they're one of the potential uh, uh, people that might find this asset of some value. And if you look in, in the last few months, a lot of these uh, assets, you know, Monarch was taken out for 130, 160 million. Uh, you know, QMX uh, was taken out by... Uh, uh, you know, for 130 million, I think they're taken out by El Dorado. Uh, Monarch was taken out by Yamana, Yamana Agnico Group. So a lot of these properties are, are, are you know, on the Cadillac break in Quebec, real estate is really, really, really tight. Uh, but uh, as far as I know, we're the only property on the Quebec, on the Cadillac break, that is fully permitted uh, to be a shipper. In other words, if you want to ship the rock, you can ship it within two weeks. Frank, appreciate your time today. Thanks for the update. Um, stay in touch. Let us know how you get on with some of the activity and more importantly, some of the decision making that you've got to, um, you know, presumably before the end of this year, you're going to kind of work out how you want to approach this um, for the benefit of your shareholders. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much.